It's y'all, and we start another week of the All Southern Show with John Rawl. On a sad note, as we have our first show back here after a bloody and deadly weekend in our country, this is the show all about the South. And, of course, on Saturday in El Paso, 20 people gunned down at the Walmart there. And then adding insult to injury, just 14, 16 hours later, in Dayton, Ohio, another nine people gunned down there senselessly. And you have to wonder, when is this going to stop? When is this just going to get better? Is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? And just like you listening to me, I'm tired of telling you about this kind of stuff on the Y'all Show. And it's just getting old. And our country needs to find a way, again, to diminish it, if not eliminate it, if there's any way, shape, or form. We're going to have a lot more to say about this in the second hour when Jerry Short will be on. Here is a guy who has served in the military. He has experience with all kinds of assault weapons. He owns assault weapons. And I'm I'm just going to have a frank discussion about some of the stuff with Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. And you'll want to make sure you tune in for that in the second hour. Also in the second hour, we'll look back at the weekend in sports here on the Y'all Show. This hour, in a little bit, we've got some business news to pass along, as well as hashtag hullabaloo. If you want to connect to us here on Y'all, our number is 803-816-1170. You also can find us on the web at y'all.com. And again, two mass shootings in crowded public places in both Texas and Ohio, claiming at least 29 lives, all within 24 hours. And it was just a horrible, deadly weekend. And we know that the man in Texas that did the shooting had this thing he put out on the Internet, and it appears it was all against immigrants. The developing story in Dayton, I don't have all the details there yet, but this is a an, another example of just no reason at all that we're seeing our 21st and 22nd mass killing of this year alone. This year alone, we've had 125 people who've been killed in shootings this year alone in this country. And I know y'all are all tired of you're tired of me telling you about it. You're tired of anybody, me, NBC, CNN, whoever reporting on it. You're tired of Twitter talking about it, but it's news. And it, unfortunately, it's reality. And what can be done? What can we be doing to make it improve? That's all something to talk about here. That, again, it's just a horrible tragedy in our I know it's cliche. Our thoughts and prayers are with the victims, are with the victims' families. And it's cliche because what else are we supposed to do? Other than trying to make a positive difference, what else are we supposed to do? Except change maybe some laws. Change this crisis that we're in. Change this kind of whatever goes into these people that do this kind of stuff. I mean, I think mental health is a factor in a big way in this stuff and what can you do about it what can you do about a guy or a gal but usually these are mostly guys usually white guys to be honest with you uh what are you going to do about people who without really giving much warning at all decide on their own to go off and do something like this i mean i i want to know the answer you want to know the answer we've got to stop this we have got to stop it it is embarrassing if nothing else it's it's tragic but it's also embarrassing 
as a country, as the greatest country in the world, arguably, and I say arguably because it's hard to say we're the greatest country in the world when we have these mass shootings all the time in other countries, some of which have a lot more people in it than we do, like China. They don't have these kind of things that I'm aware of, at least, or even Russia, for goodness sakes. I don't know if they have this kind of outbreak in Russia on a, on a regular basis. I don't think it happens in Great Britain. And it doesn't happen in Canada. Now, it, it has happened. I'm not saying these things never happen. But the way they happen in this country is is just really unfortunate. And, and we're tired of talking about it. But it's it's ongoing. And as I'll talk to Jerry about in hour two, we're not asking for an end of murder. I know that's too unrealistic of a ask. You're going to have people murder. It's in the Bible. It's going to happen. But to mass kill people for no reason at all is inexcusable. And it's not just guns that kill people. I realize that. You can go back to the Oklahoma City killing there, the bombing there back in the mid-90s. And that was right here in the South. and That took out hundreds of people for no reason at all. And I know you can go back to any other of the mass killings that have happened, but this stuff here is just inexcusable, and we've got to find a way to, to bring it down, and that's what we're open for. American Red Cross, you can help out there by donating. You can go and, and to the credit of El Paso. I'm sure they did this in Dayton as well. But I remember within an hour or two of the tragedy in El Paso, seeing the highlights on Saturday, and people were standing in line in the heat and in the shock of this just happening, and they were given blood. And what an incredible statement for El Paso. And this was an area of Texas that, personally, I've never been to. I'm sure a lot of you have been to West Texas and all the way out to the town of El Paso. But to have that community come together, and their officials there say that El Paso is going to come out of this stronger. And I hope they do. I really do. And our president, Lord knows, he's being attacked by a lot of people because of some of his rhetoric. The president, I wish him well. I don't blame him for this. This is not Donald Trump's fault. He didn't kill these people. And did he inspire? I don't know. That's Look, he inspires people like me because I like the guy, but I don't want to go out and kill people. Remember, let's not put Donald Trump or any person at fault here for what happened. The real fault is the people that did it, okay? But are there signs? Are there Things we can learn from it, I I think so. And that's what we've got to dig through here as a society and try to figure this thing out. We're not going to figure it out here today on this show, on our little show. I'd like to. It'd be great if we could. But we have to at least make strides. And that's what perhaps we'll be able to do today here, this hour perhaps. But we're going to have Jerry on in just a little while to tell you about that. I do have some positive news of what, if we work together, if we deal with some signs perhaps we can make a difference and that was evidenced by the fact that prior to the horrible shooting in el paso over the weekend believe it or not late last week in lubbock texas a crisis may have been prevented with the arrest of a man there who was allegedly contemplating a mass shooting this according to the u.s attorney for the northern district of texas Aaron Neely Cox, as special agents arrested 19-year-old William Patrick Williams at the end of last week. He's charged with making false statements to a federally licensed firearms dealer. And 
late last month. He allegedly informed his grandmother of a recent AK-47 rifle purchase and his plans to shoot up a local hotel and then commit suicide. His grandmother then took him to a local hospital, according to a criminal complaint. An officer searched the room Williams had rented at the hotel and found the AK-47 rifle ammunition, knives, black clothing, including a t-shirt with let him come letter. And he was taken into custody. And they discovered later that allegedly he misrepresented his current address on the firearms transaction form used to purchase that AK-47. And he appeared in court Friday, faces up to five years in federal prison if convicted. But again, his grandmother being proactive there, his grandmother that loves him very much, instead of ignoring him, she turned in her 19-year-old grandson to the authorities there to get him help. And perhaps her gesture by doing that could have prevented a tragedy this time in Lubbock, Texas. That's why if nothing else can come out of this, maybe the people that are closest to these people, if they are close to anybody, we can have examples of this man's grandmother that turns him in, in this case, to authorities after he was contemplating a mass shooting. Luckily, that's a good story there. Unfortunately, we had other horrible stories coming from this past weekend. News out of Louisville, as U.S. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is now recovering at his home there after suffering a shoulder fracture and a fall on Sunday. As McConnell tripped on his outdoor patio at his Louisville home early on Sunday and had to be treated and released after getting medical attention, and the 77-year-old McConnell was working from home in Louisville and will continue to work from home, according to his spokesperson. The statement out from the senator's office didn't elaborate on where he received help or what treatment he received or the expected time needed for recovery. Remember, right now, the U.S. Senate is in a recess for a little while, at least. Now, there's a lot of discussion about people like McConnell bringing the Senate back together after these tragedies from this past weekend and start some real movement forward on revising some of these laws about guns, specifically assault weapons. And the statement that McConnell had expressed over the weekend, he expressed his sympathies to both El Paso and Dayton following the recent mass shootings there. And unfortunately, he took a fall and broke his shoulder in Kentucky on Sunday. We wish the senator all the best in his recovery. A bizarre story coming out of New Smyrna Beach, Florida, as authorities there say two people were bitten by sharks just minutes apart at the same beach there as Volusia County Beach safety officials told news outlets that two bites occurred on Saturday afternoon at New Smyrna Beach. A 23-year-old woman was bitten on the left hand and wrist, which required her to receive stitches. And just a short time later, a 21-year-old man was bitten on his right foot and was treated at the scene. Neither bite was life-threatening. That is good news there. Uh, Identities of the bite victims unknown. The type of shark or sharks involved was also not known. And we're glad that they both had minor bites there at New Smyrna Beach there in Volusia County, Florida. But to be bitten just minutes apart at the same Florida beach, scary times there along the Atlantic. A former Mississippi Highway Patrol officer has pleaded guilty to manslaughter and the 2017 death of a Mississippi State University track athlete, but will now not face prison time. Former trooper Kyle Lee entered the plea Friday in Octavia County Circuit Court. 
He faced a culpable negligence manslaughter charge for the death of 22-year-old Kaylin Kirsch, who was killed when Lee's police unit hit the car in which she was a passenger. He was driving 99 miles per hour without his lights and siren on, responding to a suspected DUI call. The judge sentenced Lee to a suspended 10-year term. His attorney said Lee also received five years probation, was fined $2,000 in order to make a $1,000 contribution to the Kalen Kirsch Memorial Endowed Scholarship at Mississippi State University. Kevin Watkins was 16 years old, and he choked his sister until she died over an argument over the family's Wi-Fi password, and now he's been sentenced to life in prison in Georgia. And according to testimony from Watkins trial, he was angry in February 2018 when he came home from school and changed his family's Wi-Fi password because sharing the connection made it too slow on his Xbox. And that's when 19-year-old Alexis Watkins argued with her brother after he confronted their mother as she tried to make the, take the video game system out of his room, according to testimony at the teen's trial, and then 911 calls the day of the killing. And he put his sister in a chokehold and didn't let go for more than 10 minutes until police arrived. And that's when she was found dead there. His lawyer asked for a bench trial, but there in Macon, Georgia, Bibb County Superior Court Judge Verda Colvin said she found him guilty of murder instead of voluntary manslaughter because his 13-year-old brother tried to get him to stop choking their sister. Again, this happened in Georgia all over Wi-Fi password. What a horrible thing there in the peach state hey alabama a change on the books in the yellowhammer state as of august 1st i don't know if y'all were aware of this in alabama but you have new vaping laws that have gone into effect as alabama will begin oversight and regulations for retailers who sell vape and other alternative nicotine products the new law includes requiring vape shops to have a tobacco license it prohibits advertising for vape vaping and other alternative nicotine products as healthy options to replace smoking also it puts regulation of e-cigarettes and vape products under the alcoholic beverage control board these are just many of the different laws now in the books in alabama really more along e-cigarettes and vaping. According to the Alabama Retail Association, about 8,000 retailers sell tobacco products in the state of Alabama, though since licenses were previously not required, it's unclear how many offer vaping products. But that is the new law in Alabama when it comes to vaping. A North Georgia school, hey, it's back to school time for a lot of you this week and your kids to be specific. In North Georgia, a school district there has been on a four-day week for nearly a decade. But guess what? They're switching back to a five-day week for this new school year. There in Somerville, Georgia, the Chattooga County officials cut back to a four-day school week back in 2010 to save money. Students didn't have to go to school on Monday and spent longer hours in class under the four-day schedule. But according to the local officials there, they're changing that back. And that started last week when they had to report to school there in Chattooga County, Georgia, going back. Oh, man, back to the future, <laughs> going to a five day school week. How would you like to go to a school where you never had to go to school on Monday? That seems kind of like a good idea to me. How about y'all? Let's go to Mississippi now, as Mississippi is heading to the polls on Tuesday to decide Democratic and Republican nominees for the statewide offices and for county elections throughout the state of Mississippi. 
Remember, on the Republican side on Tuesday, you'll have a choice between Tate Reeves, who's currently the lieutenant governor of Mississippi, and he's got a couple of formidable challengers on the Republican side for governor. As the former chief justice of Mississippi Supreme Court, Bill Waller Jr. is on the ticket, as well as Representative Robert Foster from South Haven in DeSoto County. He's on the ticket in Mississippi on the Republican side. Attorney General Jim Hood, he's got seven challengers, but he's expected to emerge as the Democratic nominee in the state of Mississippi and the Republican in the governor's race there. Also, you have races going on for lieutenant governor. Also, I think comptroller or something like that in the state of Mississippi. And they'll have the primary on Tuesday. Then the runoffs will be held August 27th. And that will be held if any of the races where a candidate doesn't get the majority on Tuesday. And then the winner will go on to the November 5th general election. So, again, you've got governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, And Jim Hood had been the attorney general in Mississippi for a long time. He's now running for governor, secretary of state, public service commissioners, and more all on the vote on Tuesday. We'll be right back here on Wednesday with all the results from Mississippi. Great news coming from Memphis and Labonner Children's Hospital there. As officials there are saying that they've successfully created the world's first voice box reconstruction and it helped change a little boy's life there at this children's hospital in Memphis. As two-year-old Cooper Kilburn from Adamsville, Tennessee, he was born with congenital high airway obstruction syndrome. That means his trachea and his larynx were blocked, and he would have no voice or a way to breathe. But And the mortality rate for that, 90% for the diagnosis, possibly even higher. But he went into surgery. And they were able to operate on this young boy from Adamsville, Tennessee, and it came through great. The world's first voice box reconstruction performed at LaBonner Children's Hospital in Memphis. Congratulations to Cooper Kilborn, the two-year-old from Adamsville, Tennessee, and we wish him a very long and happy life and childhood at that, too. Hey, if you're going to be in Baton Rouge over the next few weeks and you see a guy walking down the street and say, hey, that guy looks familiar. I I think that's Nicolas Cage. Well, it just might be as the actor is going to be in the capital of Louisiana filming a new movie. Yes, he's set to start filming here this week in Baton Rouge. He'll play a detective infamous for crossing the line when he has to in a police thriller that's being filmed in Baton Rouge called Ten Double Zero. The Oscar-winning actor Nicolas Cage in downtown Baton Rouge working on this. Ten Double Zero was written by Academy Award winner Nick Valanglia, and it co-stars Paul Sloan and Muriel Talio. Parts of downtown Baton Rouge are going to be closed from Tuesday through Saturday. So if you're heading into Baton Rouge and you don't want to be in a movie, you might want to just stay away for a few days. But, hey, I know you want to see Nicolas Cage if, if you get a chance. <laughs> and that is your look at headlines from across the south here. Again, starting out with our sad news coming from El Paso and Dayton over the weekend. And we've got more to say about that when Jerry Short stops by in the second hour. When we come back on y'all, we've got some good business news to share with you. We'll have those updates coming up. Plus, later in the hour, we've got hashtag Hullabaloo. All that here on this Monday. Y'all stay with us. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. 
It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, CrossFit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use as directed. Just a few years ago, Mozambique's Nyasa National Reserve in southern Africa was a danger zone for elephants. Organized gangs of poachers took them down by the thousands for their ivory tusks. Conservationists and governments got together to eliminate poaching. Today, Nyasa hasn't lost a single elephant in more than a year. With your support, we can keep places like Nyasa safe. Find out more at 96elephants.org. Y'all talk with a Southern accent, and we want to hear your accent. Text or call 803-816-1170 with a question or a comment. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Y'all Show. Make sure to like the Y'all.com Facebook page and bookmark the website, Y'all.com, which has bunches of great Southern reads. And get the on-demand editions at iTunes Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and the iHeartRadio apps. Now back to the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Indeed, those are the great ways for you to connect to us here on Y'all. We welcome your feedback as we continue on with this Monday, y'all. Let's get into some business news from throughout the South, from throughout the country. If you're one of our great cattle farmers in the South, we've got some news that came out of the White House at the end of last week as President Trump announced a new deal to expand U.S. beef exports in the European Union. President Trump signed this deal to boost the exports. And the agreement comes as Trump tries to help an American agriculture industry hurt by his trade war with China. He announced the agreement again in the White House on Friday, surrounded by trade officials and beef industry representatives at the White House. The deal is to lower trade barriers in Europe and expand market access for American farmers and ranchers. Over the course of the agreement, annual duty-free U.S. beef exports to the EU are expected to nearly triple to $420 million from $150 million, according to the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative. The president said in the White House, this is a tremendous victory for American farmers, ranchers, and, of course, European consumers. The agreement comes as the agriculture industry has taken a bit of a hit from President Trump's ongoing trade war, not with the EU, but with China. The president has tried to limit the economic and political damage from the conflict ahead 
of next year's election. His administration recently announced details of a $16 billion aid package for farmers affected by the trade conflict. But at least from a beef standpoint, it looks like EU and the nations there, maybe not Great Britain as they're trying to pull out of the EU, but they're going to have a lot more American beef available for them in the future. Hey, more good news coming from Washington, D.C. July's overall payrolls grew at a healthy pace in line with expectations, and several industries showed particularly strong growth in hiring, including education, healthcare, professional, and business services. The Labor Department reported on Friday that payrolls increased 164,000 during the month of July, just 1,000 below the 165,000 Dow Jones forecast. The government said wages also continued to increase with the 3.2% year-over-year gain slightly beating expectations. More good news in terms of the labor industry. July jobs one-month net change, 66,000-plus for educational and health services, 38,000 gain in professional and business services. Financial activities had 18,000 gain there, 16,000 in manufacturing, government 16,000, and leisure and hospitality 10,000. We did see declines in retail trade, mining and logging, and in the information sector of the employment sphere with I think 10,000 less job month net changes there, but overall still good times across the country. We did have some news coming out of North Carolina. That was not the best news on the business front in the last few days as home improvement retailer Lowe's has told thousands of workers that their jobs are being eliminated. Lowe's plans to outsource jobs of maintenance and assembly workers to a third party company, The assembly workers put together products such as wheelbarrows and grills as Lowe's is going to make these changes first reported last week by the Wall Street Journal. The company said in a securities filing earlier earlier in 2019 that as of February 1st, it had roughly 190,000 full-time employees and another 110,000 part-time workers. Lowe's has added jobs outside of its traditional retail centers. The company announced back in April that it's opening a new technology center in North Carolina that would hire up to 2,000 employees there. Again, North Carolina is where this company first started many, many decades ago, but Lowe's trimming up some of its employees, unfortunately. And how about this? Speaking of the Carolinas, Bill Murray from Charleston, South Carolina, Bill Murray, the actor, the comedian. He was seen recently hanging out with Warren Buffett in Omaha, Nebraska, as the two icons were went out in Omaha and had ice cream together. And the billionaire investor Buffett sat down for ice cream with comedian Bill Murray at Ted and Wally's downtown in Omaha. That was reported by the newspaper there. The, the, the very famous pair gave hugs to a local who noticed their conversation and added that they did not attract a crowd and were deep in conversation. Buffett, known for his own style of humor, shared jokes with Murray, and when it was asked by Murray what had brought him to Omaha, he answered, Alaska Airlines. <laughs> so Bill Murray and Warren Buffett sitting down in Omaha, Nebraska. Wouldn't you like to have been a fly on that wall? But yeah, Bill Murray makes his home now primarily in Charleston, South Carolina. As he took time to fly away to, from the low country to the rolling hills alongside the missouri river in omaha nebraska when we come back on y'all we've got more fun we've got hashtag huddle oh we've got to have some buttes there that you want to listen to 
And we'll have our sports recap at the start of the second hour, plus Jerry Schwartz coming up too. All on y'all, all talk with a Southern accent. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Continuing on on this Monday edition of the show, all about Dixie. This is y'all, and I'm John, and this is hashtag Hullabaloo. And Stephen Jones is active on social media this week, and we find Stephen on Twitter at tornado underscore Stejo on Twitter. He's at KOCO Channel 5 in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And he is a weather enthusiast there, as well as a photographer. Stephen Jones is who we're talking about. And Stephen put on Twitter this week, The perfect childhood southern cuisine, fried bologna sandwich for lunch. Who else had these? Question mark. Hashtag love it, don't care. (laughs) And the picture Stephen put out there is indeed of a bologna sandwich with the perfectly toasted bread and mayonnaise. Now, Stephen, I got to give you props here. That picture you got. That's not just little thin slices of bologna there. That's pretty thick bologna right there. I don't know where you got it from, but that there from Oklahoma City, bologna sandwich for lunch. Who else has had these? In this case, a fried bologna sandwich. Let me correct my tweet. This is the perfect childhood southern cuisine. Fried bologna sandwich for lunch. It's been a while since I had fried bologna. I did have bologna last week. I was starving. 
middle middle of the week last week in Nashville. I was I didn't have time. I was doing so many interviews. I didn't have time to sneak off for lunch. I thought I would had an opportunity to have lunch, and I was the 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 batteries were going dead on me. Okay, and I said, "Precious, I gotta go." We were right there at her office. I gotta get me something neat. She said, "Just go next door. They got the best bologna sandwich next door." And sure enough, right where her office is, there's a little kind of small grocery store slash gas station. And I went in there and I got that. And I don't know if I was just that hungry or if it was really that good, but it was really that good. And Precious later told me, she said, Keith Urban stops in there all the time to get, so he gets those bologna sandwiches. So me and Keith Urban have something in common with that gas station. I don't remember the name of it. Again, my batteries were going dead on me and I was like, please get me food. I'll take anything. And I got me that delicious, delicious bologna sandwich. It wasn't fried, but it was just what the doctor ordered. So Keith Urban, now I know your success to great music. You get those bologna sandwiches right on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm trying to think. When I was, ch- I got me a Snickers bar. That's right. They had a little Snickers bar next to the counter, and they just just always stick those things right next to the ki- checkout counter, don't they? And I was like, I don't really need the Snickers bar, but just in case the bologna sandwich doesn't re-energize me, I know that Snickers bar will be really helpful. So I got both. Oh, and it was perfect. Great combination. Thank you, Precious, for the tip there on Music Row. Anita Ammons is on Twitter at ICAGA2004. And Anita writes on Twitter, the way to tell I'm a true Georgian, eat peanut butter. Straight from the jar. Hashtag George Peach. Hashtag peanut butter. Anita O. Isn't that one of the great thrills when we have not just peanut butter straight from the jar, but when it's like brand new? Isn't it kind of a fun thing to rip that foil looking deal off the top of a peanut butter can or dispenser, whatever they come in these days, the plastic usually, and you get to peel that thing back and you see that beautiful fresh peanut butter sitting there and you just want to stick your finger in there usually but at least go get a spoon or a knife and and try it out that way but yes anita that's not just georgians that love to eat peanut butter straight from the jar i think that's everybody but at least i'm going to say that's all southerners we love peanut butter right out of the jar amen anita at Metal Chick 73 is on Twitter. Metal C-H-I-C 73. And she writes, Homemade cheesy breadsticks and spaghetti for supper at Lewisburg, West Virginia, with a nice image there. Again, Metal Chick 73, a great image out on Instagram in this case, of homemade cheesy breadsticks and spaghetti for supper. And that's in Lewisburg, West Virginia, that she's enjoying this meal. Well, she got a response there at Instagram from Tornado of Souls 9, who said, looks delicious. Also, thank you for calling it supper and not dinner. Hashtag Southern. (laughs) So that's why it caught my eye. It wasn't the fact that somebody just went on there and stuck up a picture of breadsticks and spaghetti, which is a great combination. Oh, delicious. Oh, uh, who can deny that is not, that is not one. That is just incredible. I can't even talk about it without getting all emotional here. And then you just talked about with you peanut butter out of the jar. 
But yeah, that's good. But to call it supper, not dinner. Remember, in the South, supper time is supper time. It's when you go in, when the sun goes down and you have a nice meal and then you go to bed. That's supper. In the real South, dinner time is about high noon. It's what some people would call lunchtime, but it's really, that's, that's dinner time. And some old boy told me one time, you know how you, you know, it's right that it's called dinner and not lunch. And while they call the event later in the day supper, they said, well, when Jesus and the disciples got together the night before he was slain on the cross, they don't call that the Lord's dinner. They call it the Lord's supper. So there you have it. Made perfect sense to me. <laughs> but yeah, whether you like dinner, lunch, supper, thank y'all for listening to the Y'all Show. Southern, and I'm going to have to clean this up because it's eh, arguably bad words here, and I don't want to get too expletive here, but it's Southern B word with a cute little way to spell it. And I'm not going to give them the credit here on Twitter. At, at cute little B word, Southern is the Twitter handle, okay? And this person writes, Southern bells like you've never seen them before. Everything sounds sweet in a Southern accent. So this is kind of a wise girl, not wise guy, wise girl Twitter account that kind of is a got a little Southern attitude to it. Okay, so here's a tweet from this particular account. Hey, sugar, S-U-G-A. Hey, sugar, you look like S word. You could use some sweet tea. Bless your heart. All right, again, they're using potty potty language, and we don't want to give them credit for that. You, you, you can get your point across without using bad words here. But their point is that when you curse at people, when you say bad things, all you got to do is throw in that bless your heart, and that makes it everything okay. Makes it sweet tea sweet in their case. I don't know. I'm not going to agree with that particular statement there. Southern is on Twitter at Go Southern. This is a vacation rental rental uh, leasing agency that covers Northwest Florida and coastal Alabama. Been doing this since 1995. So if you're looking to go to Mobile, the eastern shore of Alabama, or anywhere along the Emerald Coast, go to check out the Twitter account at Go Southern. But they put on Twitter this week Wednesday wisdom. Late summer getaways, did you know South Walton and 30A are home to the second largest collection of coastal dune lakes in the world, second only to Australia? Explore our rare beauty this summer with hashtag Southern. So there you have it. I had no idea and don't know exactly what they're talking about, but according to this Go Southern, that that area of 30A and South, Wal- South Walton, just to the east of Destin, Florida, that is home to the second largest collection of coastal dune lakes in the whole world. Only Australia has more. Well, mate, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'll take their word for it. I know one thing, 30A, South Walton, a wonderful part of our region and a part of the region a lot of you have been to probably this summer and enjoyed all the fun there. An area that Kind of had a little rough go of it here in the last year with a hurricane. Most of you hopefully were able to go there this summer and support the economy. Maybe you were able to go to the other side of Panama City, to Mexico Beach. Maybe that was open to some degree. I really need to check in with those people. I haven't been down there in a while. 
But we wish all the best to those areas hit by Hurricane Michael last year. And again, check out these dune lakes. If you're into comparing anything to Australia, this is a good challenge for you. Get back to us here. Hit us up. 803-816-1170 and let us know about dune lakes i'll have to google that during the commercial break melissa spurka is on twitter at melissa underscore mssk a cookbook author blogger content creator social media influencer and brand ambassador she writes in my southern kitchen homemade family style meals are always on the menu whoa what have we got coming from Melissa Spurka on Twitter? Well, she writes, Chow Chow is a beloved Southern relish that can be served atop hot dogs, barbecue, or as a way to perk up a classic bowl of pinto beans with a side of cornbread. Hashtag Chow Chow, hashtag condiment, hashtag cabbage. Then she's got a nice link to a recipe there at her own website, melissa's southern style kitchen.com and she's got a chow chow recipe all right just in case you're a newcomer to the south just in case you're a southerner like me who probably has heard of chow chow but hasn't exactly devoured it let me tell you about chow 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 first off you got to know how to spell it usually it's c-h-o-w dash c-h-o-w chow chow Sometimes the dash is not there, and so it's chow chow all together, all right? But there's actually a type of dog called a chow chow, so we're not talking about eating dogs here. We're talking about this relish. It is a pickled relish, to be specific, and chow chow's ingredients vary considerably depending on whether it is the northern variety or the southern variety of chow chow, as the northern variety is usually made from a combination of vegetables, usually green and red tomatoes, onions, carrots, beans, and other types of things like cauliflower and peas. And the southern variety of chow chow is almost entirely made out of cabbage. And these ingredients are pickled in a canning jar after preserving chow chow is served cold, often as a condiment or relish. The origin of the term chow chow is obscure. The term chow chow is sometimes used interchangeably with the term piccalilli, which is an English version of an Indian-style pickled dish. Some believe that chow chow found its way to the southern U.S. during the expulsion of the Acadian people from Nova Scotia and their ultimate settlement in Louisiana. It is eaten by itself or as a condiment on fish, cakes, mashed potatoes, biscuits and gravy, pinto beans, hot dogs, hamburgers, and other foods, and others cite a connection to relish recipes of Chinese rail, Chinese rail workers in the 1800s as a possible source i'm going to go with the acadian thing and i'm just going to go with the fact that southerners like to spice things up and that's probably how chow chow found its way to the south now i don't think i've had something particularly called chow chow but i've had things that have been made out of cabbage and are sweet and are great as a relish so maybe i was having chow chow and i didn't even know it Okay, but I can tell you that a sweet cabbage offering is delish. And for all you chow chow lovers out there across Dixie today, hey, go find you that chow chow that you've got hidden away somewhere in your house, in your kitchen, wherever you keep it, pull it out, go to maybe your local grocery store, you might have something. Maybe you need to go to a specialty store that carries the various types of 
uh, garnishings, whether it's chow chow in this case or other kind of strange things. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, oftentimes you see places like this when you are on vacation. Go check it out. Chow chow. And tell them the y'all show sent you. And let's get one GIF as we close up today on the y'all show. And let's find this one here. I've been saving this one. And we love our country music. In fact, on Tuesday, or on, on Wednesday rather, we're going to have a country music great come on as a special guest, T. Graham Brown. T. Graham had a bunch of hit songs back in the 80s in country, had some in the 90s, and is just a tremendous country music singer. And it's going to be our delight to bring him on in a special interview on Wednesday's Y'all Show, T. Graham Brown, a Georgia boy who's been making hits and making people excited with his great singing style for years. He'll be our guest on Wednesday, alongside Precious Harris, of course, when we cover country music. But in the spirit of country music greats here, as we close out our hashtag hullabaloo, imagine a picture of Conway Twitty, okay? And this is a gif. This is a goofy gif that we're going to close up our hashtag hullabaloo with today. So it's a picture of the great singer Conway Twitty, okay? And the image above Conway says, we need a little less Hey girl, what's up? And a little more, hello, darling. This is kind of poking fun at this bro country that's been going on in country music here the last decade. And in Conway Twitty's era of country music, you didn't have songs that said, hey girl, what's up? No, you had songs that said, hello, darling. And hello, darling, that's a great gif. And I appreciate y'all sharing that with us. And if you want to share anything with us here on hashtag hullabaloo or anything else, hit us up, 803-816-1170. Hey, girl, what's up? Hey, hey, girl, what's up? Hit us up at 803-816-1170 or hello, darling. Email us, y'allshow at y'all.com. Well, thank you for listening to hashtag hullabaloo. Thank you for being with us this first hour. When we come back in hour two, we're going to look back at the weekend in sports. We've got news from the football ranks, NFL, college football. We also have some golf news to pass along as a North Carolinian picked up his first PGA Tour win on Sunday in North Carolina. We'll have that information, plus NASCAR news to boot. All that coming up, plus Jerry Short, the Teller of Tales from Takapola, is standing by. And we're going to talk about the tragedy in El Paso and Dayton with our friend Jerry Short. All that coming up on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now.
This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, CrossFit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use as directed. Just a few years ago, Mozambique's Nyasa National Reserve in Southern Africa was a danger zone for elephants. Organized gangs of poachers took them down by the thousands for their ivory tusks. Conservationists and governments got together to eliminate poaching. Today, Nyasa hasn't lost a single elephant in more than a year. With your support, we can keep places like Nyasa safe. Find out more at 96elephants.org. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. It's the second hour of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent as we get a week started here. John Rawl, good to have you back with us. Our telly, if you want to ring us, is 803-816-1170. Our website, y'all.com, would love to get your feedback. Anytime you feel like it here on the show that's all about the South, we've got Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, headed your way in just a few minutes, and he and I will have a very frank discussion about AR-15s and the tragedy that we had both in El Paso this past weekend and in Dayton, Ohio. The Tale of Tales from Takapola, Jerry Short, coming your way in just a little bit here on the Y'all Show. We start out this hour with talk of sports and the recap of the sports weekend. And I guess maybe the biggest news coming from the weekend is in the NFL ranks is Tom Brady has agreed to a contract extension and this year alone and i'm not so sure he's not he's not worthy of this tom brady the new england's patriot quarterback going to get a cool 23 million dollars it's a two-year extension that keeps brady under contract through the 2021 season and again we'll pay him 23 this year so tom brady the guy that led new england to the super bowl last year and has led them to the super bowl a couple of times getting a handsome reward for the New England Patriots. Again, all of our NFL teams 
right now in camp. In fact, come Thursday, you're going to have a whole bunch of preseason games. You'll have preseason games Friday. I don't know if they got any Saturday, but hey, I'm looking forward to Sunday night. It'll be your first, I guess it would be Sunday night football game on NBC, even though it's preseason. So get ready for it. NFL football is here. Sad news from the weekend in the ranks of the NFL as a Houston area native Cliff Branch has died at the age of 71. He was a four-time pro bowler and a three-time all-pro receiver for the Oakland Raiders. And he died over the weekend. According to the Bullhead City, Arizona Police Department, Branch was found dead in his hotel room Saturday afternoon. Police said there is an additional investigation revealed there and it involved no foul play and that he died of natural causes. Again, this receiver from Oakland Raiders past who actually played collegiately for the Colorado Buffaloes, Cliff Branch, dead at the age of 71 to the college ranks and to tcu in fort worth we go and the kicker there for the horn frogs cole bunts could miss the entire season after he was knocked off a motorized scooter during a traffic accident at the end of last week the head coach of the horn frogs gary patterson told reporters over the weekend that bunts had emergency surgery but didn't provide any specifics on the player's injury according to fort worth police department accident report Bunce was driving a scooter around 10 o'clock on Thursday of last week when a car turned left in front of it while attempting to pull into a driveway, and he was hurt there in the accident. We wish him all the best. He actually is going to be a senior this year for Fort Worth TCU Horn Frogs, and I know was not exactly hoping for this. He's a San Jose, San Jose California native and expected to handle TCU's kickoff duties and possibly long field goal attempts in 2019 more college football news to pass along the navy midshipmen had a motto all set for this season but in a way to kind of be more sensitive they're dropping their load the clip motto for the 2019 season and they're going to use win the day as some people question whether it was insensitive for the midshipmen to use that motto of load the clip after that horrible shooting in annapolis maryland back in 2018 and so that change in effect for the middies here in 2019 to the world of golf we go and a newcomer in her first major appearance from japan hanako shibuno she finished with a birdie to win the women's british open by one shot over american lizette salas and wrapped this major debut for a major championship as shibuno gets the win a 20 year old rookie from japan and was a rookie on the japan lpga tour and she played for the first time outside of her country. And she goes all the way to Milton Keynes, England, and picks up the win on the LPGA Tour, winning the Women's British Open. Now to the boys in this past weekend in Greensboro, North Carolina, at Sedgefield Country Club, it was the Wyndham Championship. And how about this? The top two finishers were North Carolinians. As Webb Simpson, the U.S. Open winner from years past, he finished in second place. He came roaring back on Sunday to finish second and picked up nearly $700,000. But the winner... And picking up $1.1 million for his day on Sunday, he didn't have a single bogey in his entire 72 holes. 
J.T. Poston, a native of Hickory, North Carolina, and a graduate of Western Carolina University. Go Catamounts! And the Catamounts great golfer J.T. Poston picks up his first PGA Tour win on Sunday at the Wyndham Championship and now is eligible to play in the Masters in 2020 and also will be in the PGA Championship and some other tournaments also qualifies and won't have to worry about losing his card for a couple of years. A huge win for the North Carolinian J.T. Poston winning the Wyndham Championship in Greensboro this past weekend. And now to NASCAR. Chase Elliott held off Martin Truex at Watkins Glen on Sunday. And a year after racing to his first NASCAR Cup victory at the Glen, Elliott won a second time in the number 9 Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports, besting Martin Truex Jr. just as he did a year ago. And he started in the pole position, and he led 80 of 90 laps around the 2.45-mile layout to become the first repeat winner in nearly a decade. So Chase Elliott from right there in North Georgia winning the road course at Watkins Glen International and getting a big victory on the NASCAR scene with that victory there in Watkins Glen, New York. See, I don't like it when I have to tell you about NASCAR, the boys in NASCAR, racing in New York State. And it's not getting any better because guess what? This coming weekend, NASCAR's at the Michigan International Speedway as they have the race there this weekend. They won't be back in Dixie until the 17th when they race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Then they'll be around here for a a little while. They've got Darlington coming up on September 1st, and then they're back at the Brickyard on September 8th. But for a few more weeks, it's going to be hard to find NASCAR below the Mason-Dixon line. But when they're here, we like to brag about it. That is your weekend sports recap here on the All Southern Show. When we come back, Jerry Short will be on, and we're going to switch over from having fun talking about sports to talking about something serious. We had a real tragedy this weekend on the fringe of our region in El Paso, Texas. 20 people gunned down by a mass shooting, and we'll talk to Jerry about that. Are there things we can do? Are there some things that people who have AR-15s can do to kind of let's see what we can do to improve our situation? This isn't necessarily going to be a conversation where we're against guns we're just trying to be we're trying to be adults here there's got to be some kind of solution whatever that solution is you at least got to start out by talking about it and join us for the conversation after the break jerry short's going to be on it's the teller of tales from takapola but we're going to get serious and see what we can talk about all that coming up on y'all talk with a southern accent Boost Our Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, crossfit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use as directed. Born 
The Y'all Show continuing on here in this second hour. Welcome back to the All Southern Show with Heavy Hearts here as we have a very, very fringe part of the South that has undergone a severe tragedy this past weekend in El Paso, of course, the shooting there that 20 people killed and lots more injured and then follow that up Sunday with the tragic news coming from Dayton, Ohio with a shooting there. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl, and of course, this time of week, we bring on our friend Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Tacopola. We are going to have some fun talking about watermelons with Jerry in just a few minutes, but Jerry, you and I are great Southerners. You and I are great Americans, but you and I may not always agree on everything when it comes to our country and our region, and so I want to have a little discussion with you, sir, about guns, about the Second Amendment, about guns specifically these type of guns because look i've never shot one of the i've shot an m16 before and that was at a range where you had to do the testing and even at a range in the military in the testing part you don't shoot it on rapid fire you do the i guess individual shots yeah it's not automatic yeah so i'm not a guy that grew up hunting i don't care to hunt i know a lot of our southerners out there love to hunt i'm not in favor of taking guns away from our hunters of the world but jerry we just had 29 americans gunned down this past weekend in 2019 alone we've had 125 americans who've been killed at the hands of a mass shooter and i don't i don't think any of us have the real answer but i think we have to at least make some steps to try to solve this problem what's the real problem i think the real problem is mental illness okay how how do you how do you solve that problem i don't know i don't know that one but perhaps nobody does perhaps another issue or another way to help solve this and keep this from happening as much is to make the gun buying a little bit more of a challenge and we've seen in the last 48 hours some of our republican politicians coming out saying they're in favor of talking trying to maybe come up with a solution in congress and so here i want to kind of talk to you about some of these proposals also these red flag laws that are potentially up for discussion but i also want to kind of pick your brain about some of these automatic weapons because i don't really understand how some of this stuff works regardless jerry short welcome back into the y'all show sir well i'm glad to be here not under these circumstances however but uh and it is a deep subject and uh you know, you can, a lot of people look at it in different ways. And a lot of people are against the NRA over it. And a lot of people are, you know, just think that, uh, they don't think the weapon, they don't think the person behind the weapon is doing it, which I do. And I think it's a mental illness or just something gone wrong. But, uh, the weapon itself is not. And we have some pretty good laws now. I really do think. And I've been, I've spent time in, El Paso and uh, Dayton up in both towns, and, and you know you wouldn't ever dream of something like that. But however, it has happened, and I think we've had fifty-one killings in mass shootings in uh, the United States this year. No, one hundred twenty-five. No killing. I just I'm talking about like these kind that happened last night and the day before. Yeah. Okay. Those kind of shootings. Yeah. I saw just. Uh, Today on CNN, oh, not CNN, I don't watch it, but on Fox, I saw that, uh, that it was 51 people killed, like this mass, mass killings. And, you know, that could be the two in South Haven, Mississippi, and the, at the Walmart there. Yeah, which and happened last three, week. Yeah. 
three in Alabama the week before, I think. You know, that's five right there in a Walmart. Then you throw you throw twenty in a Walmart area in in El Paso. And uh my goodness. You know, it's getting out of hand, you're right. But it's it's you know, if they call it an epidemic and you know, I'm not real sure about that, John. And, you know, you're not gonna be able to take everybody's gun away and you mentioned hunters and I hunted squirrels with my granddaddy with a single shot. 22 rifle now you know one just one round in the chamber and that that's all we use you know uh and got all the squirrels we needed you know go from tree to tree and do it and but still for protection it's gonna be hard for me to give up guns my guns because because society today well jerry can a 22 rifle like you used to kill squirrels can it be turned into a weapon of mass destruction and kill 20 people yeah you can you can have an automatic 22 that okay. you can drop a lot of rounds in and just keep sliding them in there and you can just get as long as you as long as you're a good shot and you'd need a position because you know a 22 rifle shot a, a round is going to be in a small area you know a shotgun which surprises me that no one is used or even considered using a shotgun can do 10 times the damage that, uh, uh, any other dang high powered automatic, uh, rifle would do with a shotgun. You could get in a group with a spread of whatever type of ammunition you use, whatever shell you use, you could get five or six people with one shot. And so, you know, so that it's a lot of, a lot of things and factors that would factor in and, we have pretty good laws now. I was, I tried to buy a weapon, uh, that I liked and I worked in Oklahoma a few years ago and, and the gun store would not sell it to me because I was out of state. And the only way that I could possibly get one would go through a gun st- uh, store in, uh, Mississippi and, uh, have someone buy it there. And then I guess be there for me when I got back. Or if you could probably mail it illegally, or they could mail it to that other gun store. But I couldn't buy them. They wouldn't let me. I, you know, it was a few weapons. It was hard to get that I was looking at. And uh, nothing dangerous, you know, but just, you know, just something that was different that I wanted. One was just a shotgun, and one was a pistol. And I couldn't get either one of them. You know, none of them were on the list of dangered weapons. And you have nothing in your background to prohibit buying a gun? Oh, no. I mean, you know, I have, I have no record, no, obviously, no felons, no misdemeanor. You know, the like last thing I ever had was a traffic ticket, maybe. So, okay. uh, and that's been a long time ago. But they just wouldn't talk any further about it, you know. When I went in and looked behind it, at first I looked at the pistol on the counter, and I, I said, you know, I, I, I want to. He said, okay, where are you from? And I'd like to do a background check on you, and I told him, I said, from Mississippi, so I can't sell it to you. And I said, one I said, you know, we can't in Oklahoma. You got to have the situation. We got to have the background checks. We got to have that. We don't sell out of state people here. Just you know, from an individual, I could have bought one, but I, you know, I couldn't buy one at, at the at the gun store or the pawn shop. So then I looked behind and I saw a, a same same type uh, weapon, a same type brand weapon, but it was a shotgun. And I asked about it and. Uh, no. no, I said not even a shotgun. I said no, you can't buy a weapon. Period. 
So it'll work. The laws we have, if they're if if the person that's is selling these weapons will handle it properly, and uh, I know I had uh, and you know maybe I shouldn't be telling this, but I was at a gun show in Tupelo, Mississippi, and uh, I just went to get. I had an Uzi, uh, Israeli Uzi, that I just wanted to get appraised, and I went in the gun store to get it appraised. And a, an elected, when I come out the door, it, you could tell by the case what it was, it was an Uzi. And when I come out the door, the guy, uh, uh, elected official in Mississippi, he said, is that an Uzi you got? And I said, yeah. And I said, he said, what did you do? I said, I went in to get it appraised. And he said, uh, well, what would you take for it? And I said, well, it's not for sale. But you just can't get an Uzi. And, and, and uh, I wanted to keep it. And, and he offered me so much uh, from the appraisal. That I sold, you know, I sold it to him right there, and he wrote a check with his name on it and everything and address and his his uh, position in the government. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't the federal government, it wasn't the over state government, it was a county government agency. But it it had all the information that I needed to sell the gun to. Him. So uh, I did, and uh, but uh, and that's been years. Yeah. And, and, but you can't get your hands on those anymore. Well, a, a- Uzi would be considered, I believe, an assault weapon. And I think there's a difference in assault weapons between Uzis and then when you compare yeah. shotguns and, and yeah. just a handgun. But yeah. what these guys are using, it seems, in a lot of these cases are assault weapons. So, Jerry. They use an AR 15, and I've got one. All right. Well, yeah. why, why does someone like you have an AR 15? I've got an AR-15 just because you never know what's going to be down the road 5, 10, 15 years from now. And I don't have it in my house. It's at uh, another a friend of mine's house, and it hadn't been taken out of a gun cabinet. It's locked up, and I've probably had it for 10 years. And it's got night scopes and uh, everything else you would need. And, but the problem with those weapons, if, you know, they could need to do something if they're going to do something. Maybe about the clip. You know, this clip's hold 30, 30 rounds. And I've got four clips. So, you know, you could say, you know, 60, 120 rounds. And it don't take a thing, any but a second to take that clip out and slap another one in. So uh, that, that clip, maybe they need to do something about restricting the rounds that, they sell for clips. They probably need to be down to about 10 rounds for a clip or something like that. But uh, people, I, you know, I truly believe that as individuals, we're, we need self-protection with a weapon of that type. And But, you know, a twenty two rifle or a, or a 12-gauge shotgun or a, or, a four, or a 16-gauge shotgun, a sweet 16 or something like that, that you're going to just be hunting. They need to definitely leave that alone because uh, that that hurts no one unless you're an individually disturbed person that are going after a target. You know this thing in Toledo last night, not Toledo, in uh, in uh, where was it? Uh, in Ohio, Dayton. Uh, Dayton, right, right? That thing in Dayton. You know he killed his his sister and her boyfriend. Yeah. And he drove them to town mm. to that place, and and 
in in in, uh, in town if they party, kind of like the Oxford Square. That could happen at the Oxford Square. But there's so many other places that big stuff could happen that, I, you know, you fight it with that, but do they come after you with a knife next time? A machete next time? Yeah, and, and look, we're not going to solve murders. Murders are going to keep happening, and that will always happen. Okay, that's not even up for discussion. But what we try to need to make some effort is to keep these mass shootings from happening. And, Jerry, it looks like a common thread with a lot of these are assault weapons. And so they just need to be uh, something needs to happen. There's something called red flag laws. And now some Republicans have spoken out in favor of these laws, which would allow family members or law enforcement to limit a person's access to firearms if they are deemed a potential threat to the public what do you think of that no i think it's absolutely right and if uh uh they are a threat to the public in that manner but like i said if you cut those clips down on those things where they won't shoot 30 times and you know that's you, you notice how quick you, i tell you another thing and, and then i'll add back to the weapon but we need more security this country's going to have to go ahead. I know other countries overseas and places, they'd have had security at that mall. Somebody would have saw him walk in with that, that weapon, and he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have got away with that many deaths. Well, that look, many but, but look what happened in Dayton. They couldn't have had a quicker response to that shooter there. I think they were no, no, on him within 30, 30 seconds or something like that, and the guy still killed nine and, and injured a whole lot of other people. Uh, security security will help the real answer here i think it all ties into mental problems and how are you ever going to solve that and when i say mental i'm talking combine that with drug issues we've got to put a a, we got to solve this problem or else we're going to cease to exist as a society whether it's the drug relations uh, and the problems that people have with drugs and the mind being succumbed to that or in this case, people getting weapons and doing something. I mean, we, we have to do a better job with mental illness and, and talking about it. That's the one thing that perhaps if nothing else comes out of this, if you see any hint whatsoever, don't take it lightly. I don't even know if there's an 800 number people can call besides calling law enforcement to say, hey, I know this guy, Jerry, and man, he just yeah. said something that kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. And I want to give you all a heads up. I don't even know if there's a number like that out there. Well, there's probably not. You know, it's just a six one one now. I guess it used to be nine one one. But uh, you know, you can call that. But still, you don't have time to react. They've got to be on the spot. Is the reason I said we need. We if we have to bring national guard out. I mean, they're getting paid to be national guard. We don't need to be fighting Afghanistan every week, every day, every minute. If we could put some national guard people out posted. You know, I mean, that's what their job is. That's what they're getting paid for. And we can put those people out. You know, at Christmas time at the Mall of Memphis, they've got deer stand towers that police have to get in and watch. In Jackson, Mississippi, they have the same thing. Yeah. If you have to get in, you have to have a policeman because that's a busy part of the season, the shopping part. And I understand that was a tax-free day uh, in El Paso yesterday. Now, I I was in El Paso, and I mean, this is a long time ago, and things don't mean anything. That just tells you how long that, that we really haven't been paying attention to our laws. I was, I think I was out there in 1980, 
and I was going over into Juarez a lot at night, coming back into El Paso. And I was in an open Jeep, a man had a top on it, it was a, it was a renegade Jeep. It was, a, you know, a CJ5. But I, would, I went over and I come back and I went over and I stopped at the bridge going into El Paso. And I was watching. They was bringing people across the Rio Grande in big inner tube load up, truck tire inner tube, car, tractor inner tube. And they'd have uh, Hispanic boys pulling them with a rope, older people. And they'd bring them over. And then they'd run up to the gate and, and uh, the fence. And the fence had been cut. And they would pull it back. And they would run across the railroad track and run into town, downtown. Well, I thought I was a big hero going to do something. And I go down to the Border Patrol headquarters, which wasn't that very far. If you'd gone out in the parking lot, you could have saw the bridge and where they crossed. I go in and tell them what's happening. And they say, oh, my gosh, they had nothing. They just going into uh, El Paso and buy some stuff. And then they'll go back across tonight. So, you know, you don't waste your time coming in here telling us that. We know that. So, you know, it's been going on, stuff like that. It's been going on so long that we ain't control the border that we need to control the border a little bit. If they were eligible, they didn't have to come across in the inner tube in 1980. They could have walked across and come through the gate where they check you. Again, that doesn't really have anything to do with what happened this past weekend. No, but it has something to do with maybe us not uh, doing enough that we should be doing to to stop this. We... We have, I mean, I'm tired of reading these stories here on the Y'all Show. I'm sure the audience is tired of having me relay these mass shootings. And it's not just me. It's no matter what news outlet you turn on, you know these people are tired of reporting another mass shooting. We've had right now within a calendar week at least four, possibly five mass shootings in our country, several of which happened right here in the South, whether it was in Mississippi or in this case, El Paso, Texas from this past weekend. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like I said, we're not going to stop murders. That's going to keep happening no. Other, no. Uh, because of love or alcohol. We're going to have people die or, or for, money or money. That's going to keep happening. And that's just unfortunately a fact of life. But man, there's no reason to have people die in this case, 20 in Texas and another nine in Ohio, all because of a lunatic with an assault weapon. And when we come back, Jerry, I'm going to keep talking to you about this. And I want to find out what is it about having an assault weapon like an AR-15 that's exciting. I mean, there has to be a reason people like them. And we'll talk about that. Plus, if time permits today, we're going to talk to Jerry about something he did this past weekend. He saw history being made in Water Valley. That's coming up as we close out our show. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. 
I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry crack skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. I can't make my living around this town. Cause tricks ain't walking, tricks ain't walking no more. I said tricks ain't walking. Tricks ain't walking no more And I've got to make my living Don't care where I go Back into the Y'all Show, our final segment with the Teller of Tales from Takapola. Jerry Short is with us. He's a guy who's served in our military and special forces and such and has used all t- kinds of weapons. I-, I guess you've used grenades, rockets, mine, uh, yeah. I mean, a little bit of everything. Dragons and everything you can name. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, but that's, that's army and that's for, that's for combat. And like you said earlier, you know, we don't even fire them at, uh, full automatic down on the range when you're qualifying and stuff. Now, everybody qualifies, but you don't qualify trying to dang shoot a hundred rounds. You just doesn't it have burst on an M16. Doesn't it have burst or something like that. Well, you can tear that. You can take that off, but it's got a safety thing. Okay. If you break it off of an M16, uh, it will, but you can burn that barrel up also okay. you can fire so many times. But if you want to make it automatic, you can, Okay. but they don't, they don't issue them to you automatically. Yeah. Jerry, can an average person have an M16? Uh, yeah, yeah, he can have one. Okay. And uh, they are, uh, you know, I saw one the other day in a pawn sh- uh, army surplus store in Covington, Tennessee. Okay. And uh, it was in the winter, and it was really a, it was a pretty weapon. I'd like to have one because I've shot one so many times that I'm pretty accurate with one. But uh, other than that, you know, I never, I don't shoot. It's kind of like I don't fish, and I, I did it when I was younger, and I, I, I hunted some of my grandparents, but, I, you know, now, I, you know, I don't. And you ask the question, what would, why would anybody want an AR-15? So, yeah, is there a thrill to shooting one? There's not a thrill, but there's some people, you know, I've been in people when I went to paratrooper school or went off and a special forces unit or went to a ranger deal or something, you know, people, these, these certain guys that you look at that you talked about earlier, if you see those kind of guys, you should report them. Well, way back in the day, you didn't report that, but they'd get a high talking to you about you shooting this or you shooting that or what you did, or if you come out of a plane or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And you'd get around them, and they'd be in the military in a different type of unit. Well, I want to try. I want to try to get in that. I want to be a paratrooper. Well, I'll say, well, you got to be able to run a hundred miles a week or something, you know, or you're not going. Oh, well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try. I want to go. And you could see it get. It would give them a high to think they could get around a lot of weaponry and a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. But it's it's not it's not what you think. You know that's strictly training 
to be used in a necessary situation if we're being invaded or we've got to do something, you know, somewhere if somebody's got something on the high seas, as they're doing now, it looks like could be a problem. But back to the, the high that people get. Uh, yeah, there's there's some people, I think, that by owning one, it gives them this maybe a little bit of superiority feeling. And I don't, I, I don't, I never felt that way about any of those kind of weapons that I had or bought. And I, and the people that I know personally aren't that way. I've known some people that come out of Vietnam that carried that with them, but they never did any of this mass shooting and things. But I think they were raised better. So let's just say a lot of it goes back to the home. And these parents are going to have to start doing a better job, too. And these video games are going to have to come off because, you know, even the, the army and the, those video games that kids play all the time, they don't need that because it's not like watching Lone Ranger and uh, Hopalong Cassidy and Roy Rogers that they'd shoot the gun out of your hand or something like that and everything would all have a message it would end good. That's the way the older generation grew up watching that kind of stuff. You know, John Wayne had to take out a few every now and then. But you knew that was the old West and we'd moved on. You know, time to change and you didn't still have that. But these kids today, they're taking this stuff just like it doesn't mean anything. It's just bang, 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 shoot them up and move on and don't worry about it. I I I really feel like a lot of that. And I don't know if you call it mental problems, but it, it needs to be addressed if it's addressed in our schools. Or it's got to be addressed at home for sure. Yeah. And it needs to be more addressed in schools too. Sure. Because, you know, the schools have you two thirds of the day and well, you're at home the rest of the time playing or something. And then you're eating with your family and then you're studying. So you don't spend that much time with your parents, don't have that much time to, but what time they've got, they've got to take control. Well, we know that a common thread has been the gun itself here. It's been also. The fact that it's probably a mental issue for sure. But some yeah. people, Jerry, you and I are both white males. A lot of people are blaming white males and white supremacy right. and white nationalism right. on this. And I think even if you're a white nationalist, it doesn't mean you want to go out and kill people. No, I don't think so either. And, and, yeah, and I'm not trying to defend white nationalists here. I'm, I'm just telling either. you, just because you are a, a person that's in the, I mean, the Klan for all the horrible things they did, I don't think they did a whole lot of mass shootings. And, well, see, even in my, I'm an older guy, and yeah. the Klan, actually, they haven't done a thing in my lifetime, really. And, you know, that's 73 years, unfortunately, I yeah. give away. Not defending that, the Klan uh, at all. I'm just trying to. No, I'm not defending them, but I'm the, just saying. The point is, some people are, cl- are, are people are blaming Trump. They're blaming white nationalism on this. And even if these guys are racist and they are white nationalists, I don't think that equates to being to being able to go out and kill 29 people no, as we saw no, this past no, weekend. No, no. Not, nothing that you know, nothing supersedes that. It uh, that's got to be stopped and. But to stop it is not going to be done overnight. It's not going to be done in just a few years. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. And you can't take everybody's guns away. You know, and you, we've got a bunch of laws now for enforcement, like I was telling you about the Oklahoma situation. You know, gun shows maybe need to be monitored a little closer. 
because you can trade guns like I told you after I was leaving the Tupelo thing. And it's, it's things that, uh, like that that can be monitored closer. And I am really, really feel strong about we're going to have to have more security-type people. Even the churches do that. Yeah, but know? Jerry, they can't even get people in law enforcement any, right now in a lot of places. I, I know it. And they're, they're not – yeah, they're down about, uh, what is it, 400 this year, I think, that hadn't even applied to – to be a policeman and uh you know that's that's usually it's up and instead of down that you apply to be a policeman and uh and we've got to have we've got to have good policemen and you've got they've got to have good background checks on the policeman also because you can get a bad one every now and then yeah and uh so I, it, it's a lot of checking's got to be done like you're you're right and you know, I, if we would just go ahead and the laws, we've got a lot of laws out there. They might can tinker with them just a little bit, but they don't need a heck of a lot of tinker. Well, you tell me, Mr. AR-15 owner. I don't like AR-15s because I'm really not a big fan of guns, but I'm yeah. not telling – I don't think we should take guns away, but AR-15s might be in a different category. So what can we take away from you that would at least let you understand why we were doing it? Well, I think the AR-15 has just been uh, used because it was used a couple of times. Like I told you earlier, a shotgun does a lot more damage. Yeah, but people aren't using shotguns. Let's go after what... No, they're not. That's where I'm going. Okay. It's become so popular by the media and everybody else expressing it, or some movie expressing the AR-15. That's become the gun of choice, and not necessarily that it is... Because if I was going to do something that I was in another country and we were in a war right now and, and I had to go into a city like Black Hawk Down, I'd just soon have a shotgun on my hip. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, John Wayne with Leo Bra- Bravo or something, whatever it's called, <laughs> uh, that he had that guy, Mississippi, called him. Yeah. And he couldn't shoot anything. But they put a shotgun on his hip sawed off shotgun and he blew everybody away with that thing so you know that's just a little throw out there well the duke, duke's not around these days and unfortunately we do we have a problem that i don't see unfortunately being solved overnight despite all the talk even on this show about it but something's going to be done at least and this could end up unfortunately uh getting even worse and we are trying to prevent that so well john i I think you're right i think it's going to get worse and uh you know i don't know it could get worse a lot of different ways you know dynamite is a uh, tremendous i've blown up a zillion which it was uh, dynamite that had the mass biggest mass shooting we've ever had which actually was a mass blowing up at that schoolhouse in michigan michigan yes right long time ago 26 or 20 or somewhere like that but that's not happening now people aren't doing that but what is happening are people dying in these mass shootings and we're all tired of it we want to see it curtailed it may not go away totally but it's only unfortunately going to get even worse if people don't make real change and that's why Perhaps. Well, I'm with you. Congress. You know, I think there needs to be some changes made. Okay. But I think the, I think we need to then go out of them. Just don't bust up in there and all of a sudden say, hey, this will make it right, this will make it right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have to think this thing out, and then we're going to have to legislature it. Right. And then it's going to have to be done proper. Then it's going to have to be followed through properly. 
and it's going to have to be controlled. But, but and it needs again, to be controlled on a local farm. You, as an AR-15 owner, are okay with some changes? I'm okay with some changes. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I could, I could do like I told you earlier with a clip. It didn't have to have thirty rounds in it. Okay. I don't need to shoot thirty rounds at anybody. You know, I can reload ten if somebody, if I've got people coming after me or coming at me. You know, you never know what's going to happen. I personally know thirty something people have been murdered, just cold blooded murder. And you know, so I think about those things. And so I, you know, that's. That's a point well taken, okay. Don. I think you, you, you're on target, and I understand why you don't like an AR-15. And well, I'm not a big one. fan of guns, period. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't own a single gun. I don't have a desire to play around with guns. But I'm a conservative, well, and I'm not sitting here today saying, we got to get rid of guns. No, that's not the case. No. I, guns well, are a reason we have guns. <laughs> that's well, why they're know, the Second I, Amendment. But I just don't personally like them that much. But, hey, if you like them, hey, you probably don't like some things that I like. Well, as kids growing up, you know, you wanted a gun. And uh, a friend of mine gets a, uh, he gets a uh, Sweet 16, and I get a Sportsman 58, and he says he's got a better, better gun, and I've got a better gun than him. And we're 14, they've been given to us by our grandparents or so. And, you know, and we hunt with them. You know, we're, we're quail hunting, or we're uh, squirrel hunting, or we're rabbit hunting, or we're doing something like that. Now, it was a different time and a different day. Yeah, and uh, and I understand all that, but you know nothing ever crossed our mind to take those weapons and hurt anyone outside of what game we were sure. getting, and we brought it home to eat. I understand, but uh, so and that I, that luckily is still the case. That is by far the majority of people who have guns are just like that. But unfortunately, we have all these people dying, and we got to do something. We got to do something. Jerry, before we get out of here with you, let's switch gears real quick because I know to kind of make us leave on a more positive note. Yeah, you saw let's do that. you saw history being made this past weekend. Tell us about it. Well, it, it was two type things. A good friend of mine it, it excels in everything he used to be. He's retired from being a railroad engineer, but uh, he he last year he won just by growing up regular watermelon they have a, a watermelon festival in water valley that's in mississippi and he grew water valley mississippi they have three four water valley towns i think it's one in texas and other places but he grew a uh he grew a, he grew a watermelon last year for about 100 i think it was 176 pounds just growing it in the field so and monitoring it and watching it and keeping the coyotes off of it and whatever so he won last year so he got he got it in him. He wanted to break some Mississippi record. He wanted to do it. So he got in touch with some people in Michigan and Ohio that told him how to make uh, set a situation up, kind of like an outdoor incubator. And uh, for the melon, you didn't move it till it was about fifty pounds. Yeah. And you put it in a in kind of a low screen next to the ground, but you kept it on the vine. And uh, then you put a kind of a tarp up over it where you know air could still flow through it of course and uh but the direct sun didn't hit it and then you covered it with some straw and stuff like that so uh he grew that thing and he 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 won at 202 pounds <laughs> now he, he he had to pull he had to pull it and go ahead for the contest saturday if he hadn't have done that he, he thinks it could have grown an, uh, at least till September, and maybe it would have broke the state of Mississippi record, which is 225 pounds or so, <laughs> something like that. And uh, he could have grown another month 
he would have broke. He thinks he could got it on up another 30, 40 pounds or so. Because he had a he had a he had a uh, tape around the girth of the thing, and I'd went by when it was small, and it it bred like uh, thirty inches, and then when he pulled the thing, it was up at uh, sixty something inches, just the girth. Golly! And, and and it's a way to measure the formula. You measure the length and you measure that, but to move it was the hardest part. They moved it at seven o'clock Saturday morning, and the way they moved it, you have to get Four people to help you. They got these uh, Quakers have made away from the animal up north, where they grow the big ones. I think they've got a four hundred pound up there. But you have to get it under each end of the watermelon, pull it up real lightly, get it in your vehicle, and then get it to the contest at the park. So he won that, and uh, you know he was really proud. And then that night they had a uh, they were trying to break the at the watermelon carnival. They were trying to break the world's record, uh, the Guinness world's record for uh, most people eating watermelon. And uh, bad weather moved in, and you could see it lightning to the way to the north about uh, Oxford, which is about 15 miles south. And, uh, you know, if it lightens within six miles, of you have to shut down for 30 minutes. So they was trying to beat that, and they got everybody registered, and they got them certified, and they had – they had like uh, 740 something people or 50 people. I'd have to ask my wife. She kept up with that real close. And, uh, in there to, you had to eat 10 bites that they had cut and brought cold watermelon in for you and put it on tables. And everybody had to eat 10 bites. And then it started raining. They still had to finish up in the rain, but they got it certified. And the closest to it was a Florida town, hmm. uh, that had like only 240 or 50 people so they got a record it'll probably stand a long time till you get 700 something people that'll stay late at night it didn't start till eight o'clock seven about seven thirty saturday night and then the rain came in so uh they broke the record so they the guinness book of world record maybe the only world only world record in mississippi <laughs> yeah watermelons in water valley well we're glad the y'all shows correspondent jerry short could be right there to witness it all Jerry Al Vaughn, and he did a heck of a job, and he excels in everything he does. So all right. Kato's to him, okay? All right, all right. Jerry Short, everybody, thank you, sir. Have a good rest of your week, sir. Y'all too. Thank all you. All right. Well, that will wrap up our Monday edition. Thank you for listening. Make sure to join us right here on Tuesday. We'll have our political report. Hey, speaking of Mississippi, want to remind you, Magnolia State, on Tuesday, you go to the polls to get the primary for the governor and other statewide races all that Tuesday. We'll have our political report and our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue will be back on to tell us about buying pork at the butcher shop. All that on the Tuesday, y'all. Y'all have a good rest of your day, and thanks for listening to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, CrossFit, you name it. 
because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use as directed. Just a few years ago, Mozambique's Nyasa National Reserve in southern Africa was a danger zone for elephants. Organized gangs of poachers took them down by the thousands for their ivory tusks. Conservationists and governments got together to eliminate poaching. Today, Nyasa hasn't lost a single elephant in more than a year. With your support, we can keep places like Nyasa safe. Find out more at 96elephants.org.